Hello and welcome to the Wednesday Podcast. Currently involved in a rather large project, so today I thought I would share with you a programme back from 2021 with Erin McCulloch, all about finding your joy. I will leave you my younger self to tell you more about it. Catch you next week. How could I be in a divorce? You know, I learned all these things about myself and people. How come I can't make this work? And it just sort of leveled me. And I just was in this dark place. You know, after all the tens of thousands of dollars that I had spent on seminars and books, I didn't feel like I had any legit strategies that I could use to feel better or to heal from it or to move on. My name is Paul Harvey, and this is Life, Passion and Business. We're about helping you explore, finding your passion for life and the work that you do. But it's so much more than that. It's about finding clues to the big life questions. What does it mean to be successful? What is the meaning of life? If you're looking for more, then join me on this journey, where together we will discover through interviews, tools and tips, how to live life full of meaning, passion and purpose. The show today is an exploration of thoughts and feelings and anxiety. It is the revelation that joy is available to us anytime, and that we do not have to do anything to matter. We are always relevant and our existence is enough. Erin McCullough had no idea what to expect when she agreed to couples therapy. During that session, she had an unexpected reaction, which the counsellor explained was a panic attack. She had never experienced panic attacks before or had any awareness of her suppressed feelings. The experience opened the door to more therapy. However, rather than move on, she became stuck in the story of her trauma and created an anxiety disorder. She stopped living and practically closed her life down. After nine months as a virtual prisoner in her home, she was referred to a homeopathic practitioner and was cured from anxiety in just 20 minutes. However, while the chemistry was fixed, the panic attacks were gone. The mental and emotional trauma was not fixed, but she did not know that. The release of the panic attacks was a new lease of life for her, time for a change. She decided to leave behind a career in special needs education and move to Hawaii to start a business. The project was in property care and management, and she was committed. And within 18 months, she was employing 20 people and secured some big commercial contracts. It was her life, 100%, 24-7, full on. She'd swap one problem for another. Our conversation is about the near-fatal accident, the divorce, the meeting of the man of her dreams, personal development. It's a story about the baggage we carry always wherever we go. After years of personal development work and study, Erin dropped her personal baggage and discovered the power of internal joy. She found it is possible to live a life without anxiety, low-level depression or overwhelm. Today, Erin is a speaker and international teacher and helps people create an impenetrable joy so they can be calm, have peace of mind and meaning in their life now. Towards the end of the podcast, Erin takes us through a process to explore the perfect days. I hope you enjoy this conversation with Erin McCullough. 
And there's bound to be a journey in there somewhere because there always is. So thank you, Erin, for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Yeah, I'm excited to have you here too. So look, this is life, passion and business. And we're all about the journey. And I know you've been on one. So what's been the story for you? Where did it all start? Well, so there's been kind of three defining moments in this journey. The first was an anxiety disorder that I created through talk therapy, at couples therapy, actually. Um, and what happened was in the hang first on, session. Hang on, hang on, before you go there, isn't couples therapy supposed to be something that actually makes you better? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it is, in fact. Okay, um, all right. But apparently I had something that needed to be worked out. <laughs> so okay. that's why I was there. <laughs> You went to couples therapy with a view to sorting out your couple problems and you came yes. to <laughs> Exactly. Okay. That was very astute of you. Yes. Tell us. I, um, yeah, I had a panic attack in that first session and I had no idea what it was because I never had one before. And the uh, counselor, she said, yeah, that's panic attack. And I went, oh, that's interesting. Um and she asked if I wanted to do some individual work. So I agreed. And through that process, I created an anxiety disorder of from telling my traumatic story over and over again, which I didn't understand at the time, but I understand now because, you know, the brain likes to do things a certain way and the subconscious mind really is only about survival. And when you jostle that, uh, status quo, then it freaks out. <laughs> so I mean, we never freak had, out was anxiety. In the UK, we never got into the therapy analyst stuff, whereas the US seemed to really embrace analysts and therapists <laughs> in the 80s and 90s. And it did yeah. strike me as the whole process was a machine. You stepped into it and it just carried the process on to keep everybody involved in the machine. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I I always thought there should be an end to these things, but they always seem to be ongoing. Yeah, no, it's kind of my beef too. You know, it's like, um, it's one thing to tell your story, but if you tell it over and over and over again, where does the healing begin, you know? And they'll say it's through the process of saying the story over and over again. And I would say the sooner you can get off that story and create a new story, not not ignore it a hundred percent, but you know, get some space between it and you, then you can begin to heal. It's yeah. when you're stuck in that story that things get wonky, you know? I guess, I mean, lots of people tell their stories again and again and again. I mean, I mean, yeah, there's, there's a whole industry around it. I mean, the podcast, people come on podcasts to tell their stories, but it's about whether you're emotionally engaged in the story, isn't it? I guess. A hundred percent. Yeah. You know, if you asked me about, you know, the past and all the things that came up while I was doing that therapy individually, I'd have a hard time coming up with that story um, because I've created so much separateness from it. And what I believe is the most important part about that story is not so much the people and the things that happened. It's what you decided about yourself because of that story. That's the piece because that's the piece that keeps living on. It's, you know, it's that I'm not good enough or I'm not lovable or I don't deserve, I'm not worthy. You know, those ideas are the things that keep living on. The story itself, we keep around because somehow we think, I don't know, maybe it's a badge of honor kind of, you know, like I've been through this battle, you know, or whatever. 
Okay, so you have a panic attack. Are you now going into? You're now seeing this therapist around this panic attack, and it sounds like the the train is is moving. Has left the station. So now, now what? <laughs> yes, definitely. <laughs> um, and then they just kept getting more and more and more. Right, so I started having more and more panic attacks, and then my life just got super narrow. So, you know, I used to run a lot, so I stopped running because I had a panic attack in the middle of a long run. Um, and then I started having them. I was teaching uh, high school kids at the time, and I started having them at school um, more and more. And the kids I worked with were special needs. And I just eventually decided what, what that was it wasn't good for was me to be. Attack? What was triggering the attack? What, what was the trigger point? Well, interestingly enough, I discovered after all of that, that the reason that I was having the anxiety was because it was a defense mechanism to not feel the emotions of, you know, the things that happened when I was a kid, the, you know, not fair and the unjust and the, you know, was there actually actually any trauma in your past that was triggering all this? Was it related to real trauma? Surprisingly enough, when I got to the pinnacle of the amount of anxiety that I would experience during that time, what blew my mind is there was nothing on the other side, literally it was like deserted. And I went, what the heck happened there? Like, why, like what I kept thinking, you know, maybe there's going to be like some aha, you know, or some latent story that I had repressed or something, nothing It was completely void. And it just baffled me. I thought, what the heck's going on? It took me years and years later to finally go, ah, I get it. It's just this idea that I didn't want to feel all those feelings. It was just so painful. And it's just kind of what happened for me. I'm not saying that's everybody's experience, but I do know that, you know, telling the story over and over again and reliving that trauma on a subconscious level is happening every time you tell the story. So, you know, not great things come from that. (laughs) Mm. So what was the outcome? What, what, What moved it for you? Well, so after about eight or nine months of, basically being holed up in my home, just leaving to go to grocery stores and to my counselors. Um, I was referred to a homeopathic psychiatrist and she gave me a remedy after a three hour interview and told me to wait 20 minutes and then leave. And within 20 minutes of taking that remedy, um, my anxiety was almost completely gone. Wow. So, which is exciting. It's amazing when you say homeopathy does this, because it's like, you know, it's it's, it's point that there's so much opposition. (laughs) And yet there are so many people like you go, I took this and it worked. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I don't, you know, I don't know that it's for everybody. I don't know why it wouldn't be. It's such a small dose of whatever that it's really just prompting the body to heal itself. Yeah. The fact that it happened so quickly is sort of remarkable. Mm. But the thing is, is even though the chemistry piece, the, you know, I wasn't experiencing the anxiety anymore, the mental, emotional, spiritual piece was not dealt with yet. And so that took me another like 15 years to navigate. Wow. Oh, wow. You cleared the problem in terms of its daily effect on you, but it still took you ages to sort it out. Well, I mean nobody's going woohoo change love to change (laughs) you know like nobody's jumping up and down saying yeah bring it on so there's already you know some ill feelings towards that but then it's like you know you 
talk about like, let me unpack all of my feelings from all the things that happened. And nobody really wants to do that either because we're just not trained to navigate our feelings at all. We're trained to stuff them down and not feel them mostly. Mm. So, okay. You, you start, did you start unpacking these things? How did you go about unpacking these, these, these feelings that were now suppressed or Um, that was so many years later, I literally was kind of just unconscious or asleep in my life for, so after that anxiety disorder, I had the remedy and I thought, I I have a new lease on life. Like I might actually have a life here. And I decided to move to a small town in Hawaii so that I could live a simpler life and not, you know, I thought I'll never get triggered, you know? all these things. And the, the bummer part is, is I was still there. <laughs> so well, I just created it in the simpler life. <laughs> the familiar thing is, so what was your career before you, before you had the anxiety attack? I was a special ed teacher in high school level. Okay. I mean, and then I, when I moved to Hawaii, I decided I was going to start a business, okay. which, you know, anybody who started a business knows <laughs> that's super low stress. <laughs> Um, it depends on the business, I guess, but yeah, well, it depends on the person as well. And how, <laughs> but the, well, this the, person the, was not that. <laughs> yeah. But the point is, the point is the, the familiar thing here, not the familiar thing, the common denominator in all of this is you and the relationship you have with yourself. A hundred percent. Yeah. And so, you know, that's why when I tell the story, you know, I go to the homeo- homeopathic psychiatrist and I cured it's like, no, actually, like my body chemistry was all good, um, but I had to sort of unpack the rest. And so when I moved to Hawaii, I started a business within 24 hours. I had uh, a client and within like a year and a half, I had 20 employees oh, and multi six figure contracts. Excited. What was it? Um, it initially started out as a construction cleaning business and there was a ton of construction going on in the beginning of 2000s. And then um, it kept morphing into more. So it morphed into property management and uh, any kind of housekeeping, cleaning services. Um, okay. Loads of deadlines and lots of schedules. Yeah. And lots of people and yeah, and lots of clients yeah, and, lots of and just calls. all where, the things. Where, when are you, where are you? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. And so I literally just was so busy for the first 10 years of that business in that business, a hundred percent, like 24 seven, basically. Cause once I took on the property management, um, it's a 24 hour, uh, you know, you, you have to be on call. If something goes down at a house, you've got to show up, um, super high stress, a lot of, you know, uh, frantic movement about my life. And, um, about, so about 10 years in, I, uh, had a, I woke up one morning and I dealt with all my employees and then um, a client called and she complained and she was really upset. And I said, I'll be right over to fix the problem. And I would just get so frantic when clients would complain because I just, I really, you know, I felt like I was defending my integrity. And mm-hmm. <clears throat> so I flew over to a friend's house, literally like racing over to her house to drop my daughter off. And I backed into her driveway and I sideswiped my car and her husband's truck. And I went and took care of the problem. I came back and my friend let me know that her husband was under the truck working on it when I hit the truck and he thought it was going to land on him. And it just rocked me to my core. I thought, you know, 
this is ridiculous. Living a life like this, running around like a crazy person all the time and thinking that it's okay to be this way is not okay. And uh, so then I delved into self-development. I started going to seminars and reading all the books and started to make some little changes, started to see things a little bit differently. And then a few years later, um, I found myself in a divorce. And for, I think because I had done all that self-development, I thought, how could I be in a divorce? You know, I learned all these things about myself and people. How come I can't make this work? And it just, it, sort of leveled me. And I just was in this dark place. And I just felt like I needed to, you know, hide out in a den and lick my wounds and figure out what I was going to do next. And it startled me because, you know, after all the tens of thousands of dollars that I had spent on, you know, seminars and books and doing all the things really didn't feel like I had any legit strategies that I could use to feel better or to heal from it or to move on. And, uh, and so that was really just shocking to me. And, um, so I picked up this book that somebody had recommended years prior and started reading it. And it's a, you know, has a passage a day, supposed to be like a year long journey. So it was like 365 passages. And I was like, this is interesting, but it's not really moving the needle. And then uh, a weird thing happened like a month in, um, where I started to see, just these words just kept coming up over and over again in the passages. And at first I just, I didn't really recognize it, but then I started, it was almost like they were in bold. And I was like, Whoa, like it just kept saying the path is joy. The answer is joy, just like joy in every single passage. And I've never even looked back at the book to see if the word is even there. I'm sure it is. But I, after that, I was like, fine, I hear you. Now what do I do? Uh, it's called The Course in Miracles. Of course, yes, The Course in Miracles, yes. That that book is actually quite hard to read, I seem to remember. It's, it's written in a way <laughs> that makes your brain twist a bit because the, the, the writing is, it, I mean, I think it's a channeled book, actually. So, Yeah, it sort of reminds me of reading like passages out of the Bible or something. It's kind of that kind of like older language, but. Oh, it's an interesting book. So you, the words were coming out of the page that you were saying. Yeah, like in bold, it was just, it was so crazy. And I was just like, this is so weird. I, I didn't really recognize how strange it was until, you know, like when you're in it, you don't really think about, you know, what's going on in your life. But when you like step back for a minute, you're just like, whoa, obviously there's a message here. <laughs> yeah. mm, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what did, so how, how did you, obviously joy, nice word. How did you embrace it? <laughs> Well, so then a series of things happened. I received an email from a gentleman that I had met through the seminar company I was involved with, and he was having a seminar. And at that particular juncture, like I didn't even look at what the seminar was about. I was just like, I bought it sight unseen and was like, I need anything positive. And I knew he'd deliver. So I went and turns out it was a a day long um, seminar on a visualization process that he teaches. And you know, I was super motivated and I came home and I um, started using it and I called my broker who had had my business for sale for like nine months with zero bites. <laughs> and he was talking to me about lowering the price. Um, I just said, look, I just want to let you know, my business is going to sell by the end of the month and there's going to be a bidding war. And he was like, um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
And I was like, no, it's happening. And he was like, oh, all right. You know, and, you know, like a week later, it went into a bidding war and it went into escrow. And, um, and then I met, you know, the love of my life and this very sh- strange circumstances. And then um, I went to train with that gentleman that I took the visualization class from uh, to teach his regular seminar. And I came home and I put on my first seminar and you know, I'd written out all the notes of everything I was going to say. And um, five minutes in, I had this strange experience where everything that I had ever experienced and all the, you know, seminars and, and the books I had read sort of culminated in that moment. And I was like, Oh, this is what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to help people find their joy and be able to cultivate it daily. So they're enjoying their life now, not waiting for something to happen in order to enjoy it. And so that's what I've been doing for the last nearly four years. Wow, 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 wow. So how did you meet how did you meet the love of your life? Does that just turn up? I mean, it's like everything's just turning up for you. <laughs> what happened there? Sorry, you have to, you, you mentioned it. I have to ask the question. <laughs> of course. Um, so um, you know, I was in that divorce, right? And a friend of mine um had just gone through like a rough breakup, and he was like, Here's what you need to do. You need to buy this book and read it. <laughs> And then you need to get online and start dating. And I was like, Ugh, I'm not ready for that. And he was like, I'm not saying like get married again or anything. I like, have a relationship, just, you know, go out, you know, cause I worked from home and, you know, and he's like, you got to get out and like um, have adult conversation. So he's like, download this app. So I download the app and it sat on my phone for some time. And then my daughter and I went on vacation And uh, I sort of looked at it and I was like, oh, it's location oriented. So wherever you are, it gives you matches based Mm. on the profile. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. But I still didn't know how to use it. So I told myself when I got home from the vacation, I would, you know, lay on my bed and Google how to use this app. (laughs) And so I did. um, And, you know, it's the swipe thing. So I swiped right and... um, my boyfriend showed up. He was the first person. And, uh, and because he had already swiped on me, it went right into the text mode of the platform. Wonderful. And so I said, you know, <clears throat> hi, how are you or whatever? And he wrote me this long text back. And as I was reading the text, just that inner voice just went, there's something here. And I was like, uh, okay, whatever. So I read it and we exchanged texts back and forth. Uh, that night and um, come to find out he lived in Portland, Oregon and um, that he was leaving the next morning. So I wasn't going to be able to meet him in person anyway, but we had a lot in common. So I was like, you know, I could always use a new friend and, you know, and he was up for it too. So we kept texting through the app and then we started texting outside of the app and, um, and then we started FaceTiming and then um, that had been going on for months and months and months. And uh, Christmas came and my daughter, I had hosted my entire family in the morning. And then my daughter went to her father's house for the afternoon and evening. And we got on, um, the FaceTime and, um, eight hours later we were saying goodbye. And I was like, this is crazy. Like, I don't have time for this in my life. You know, like I have this business that's super busy. I'm a single mom now, you know, like, Um, so I just randomly was like, well, I want to see if this is worth pursuing. So I looked up plane tickets to Portland and as it were, there was like a $300 ticket in the next like couple of weeks. 
And I was just, and I purchased it and sent him the itinerary. And he woke up the next morning and was like, oh my God, I can't believe you're coming to visit. And honestly, it, he had become my best friend because yeah. for months we had talked every single day and it couldn't have been a more perfect way to go into a relationship because there's no, you know, we just really had to get to know each other. There was nothing else. We couldn't see each other or spend time around each other. And then we committed to flying to see each other once a month. And uh, that went on for a while. And finally, I was like, my business has finally, you know, gotten through Esco and sold. And I was looking for something else, a, a different life. I didn't want to live in Hawaii anymore. And so I thought, well, I guess, I guess I'm moving to Portland. Oh yeah. Oregon, <laughs> Oregon sounds wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> it's fascinating. You know, I've never actually shared my wife and I's courtship on, on the podcast ever, but it sounds and we met in December on a on a workshop, and uh, it was we we didn't really click over that weekend at all. We just clicked a bit, and we had we we engaged a little bit because we were both assisting on the workshop. We weren't actually taking part, so we were part of the macro mm. the, the support. What kind of workshop? Um, it's called the mastery. It was called it's called the mastery, uh, and it was about creativity and about ex- creative expression. It was originally developed for actors to express and learn to be get in touch with their emotions, but it actually became more of a personal development workshop. So there's quite a lot of mechanics in it that needs support. And that's why when you've done the workshop, you can go and provide support and you get obviously access to leaders that way. So that's why we did it. And, but she came from Manchester to do it. And I was in London. Mm. Uh, and then so, but after that event, we kept in touch. And it's a very similar kind of story. We were kind of like on the, on the phone for hours and hours and hours. <laughs> <laughs> so it's lovely. And to how hear. long have you been together now? Um, twenty-eight years, I think. Wow, twenty-eight years, twenty-seven years, twenty-eight nice. years. Some of the light. I mean, yeah, it must be. I'm fifty-seven, and I'm yeah, so twenty-seven years. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It worked out. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> But it's lovely to hear that story. Thank you for sharing that with us. Yeah. So obviously you moved to Portland. That's a complete shift, complete change. And um, where did it go from there? What happens next? Four years. Yeah. Um, so I still, um, the people who bought my business, it took them another, because they were moving, they bought, they were living in California. So okay. they had to move and they had family and they were waiting for schools to start and all that sort of things. I had to uh, run my business from here. It kept me busy and um, and also sort of navigating, you know, where it was a blended family. Now, all of a sudden uh, he's got two kids and I've got one. Um, So there was some definite like navigation and scheduling stuff that needed to happen, um, which was nice. It was a nice transition. Um, And then uh, I decided it had been too long since I had uh, done a workshop. And so I, um, I contacted a, there's a bookstore here called the new Renaissance bookstore. And um, it's so interesting because this was the cathartic moment in my life. I had lived in Portland before years and years ago when I was in my early twenties and um, I had had all these health issues and I couldn't figure out what was wrong with me. And so I had um, started, you know, going to doctors and specialists and they couldn't figure out what was wrong with me. And I finally decided I was going to, you know, look for, um, uh, you know, self-healing or some kind of natural something, you know, I, I was grasping at anything. 
and somebody had recommended the store and I went and they recommended this book about healing yourself. And I read the book and it was so fascinating. Um, and then I looked on the back cover and the gentleman who wrote it was in Portland. And I was like, oh my gosh. So I called the bookstore and I said, this guy's in Portland. Do you know him? And they were like, yeah, he practices above our store. And I was like, oh my God. Mm -hmm. So he gave me his number and I called and left a message on his recorder. And I said, you know, I told him my symptoms. Um, at the time I was having this disconnected feeling. I couldn't, like, I felt like I was out of my body all the time. And um, I called and I told him all my symptoms and he called me back and he said, I think I know what's wrong with you, but I want you to come in and let's, let's explore. Mm -hmm. So I went in and he did some testing on me, muscle testing and, um, you know, acupressure basically. And discovered that um, I tested positive for all these food allergies. And so I, um, he said, you know, can you, you know, take these out of your diet at least temporarily and see what happens. And immediately within a week, I felt like 75% better, which was wow. amazing, you know, cause I had gone on down this road of drugs and all these things. And then, um, uh, then I moved out of that house and then come to find out that house had a mildew issue in the attic. So I think the reaction was to the mildew. Yeah. Um, but that whole story to say that um, that's where I ended up doing my first workshop was at that bookstore. They have a event center where they host people and like how, me. How many years later? Like how many years later from that was it? Kind of like well, that had to be like <clears throat> totally dating myself now. Um, that had to be in the mm, let's see, that had to be the early nine, so like ninety three, ninety four, maybe yeah. the first time, and then obviously. 2018 or so something it, it, it's fascinating how these things go in cycles isn't it how these things come back come back to us in a way and, and the connection. i literally felt like when i walked through the threshold of that event space and was holding my first uh workshop there i was just like whoa like full circle you know like not only have i had the opportunity to heal my body but now my you know, mental, spiritual side is, is in the healing process. I mean, it always will be. But. Mm, of course, of course. There's always new layers on the onion, but, but, it, but it's fascinating <laughs> to know that, you know, it's that you know, we're all on the path on the journey and the journey continues. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it started with doing workshops there and then mm. I started doing some networking and getting some individual clients and, um, and it's just been kind of that way. And so then... Actually, you know, before all this stuff, uh, I had met somebody and she said, you know, she had a, she was in a network marketing. I don't, I don't know if you have that there in England, but it's uh, where you're promoting a product. You're trying to sell a product and other people can. Yeah. So she had a, one of those businesses and all of, she was here in Portland, but all of her downline or whatever was in Colorado. She said, have you ever done these workshops online? Cause I would love for like my whole, you know, downline to do this. Um, and I was like, no, but I'm willing to try. And so, you know, Zoom was certainly not as popular as it is now. <laughs> and, um, and so I said, you know, bear with me. I'm not super great at technology or it wasn't at the time, but I'll, you know, I'll try and make it work and make it interesting and all the things. And, um, and then I did. And so, I had actually, before all this happened in the last year and a half or whatever, been doing online classes because of that experience. So it couldn't have been more perfect. I always think it's interesting how these things come, come at us when, you know, when we need them. It's like these things arrive. 
and it's yeah. like, it's like when when you're kind of in the flow of stuff and that's what I what I notice from all of the guests I speak to when someone is has got into flow things just happen for them yeah and but prior to that there's resistance they hit things that don't work <laughs> yeah well and it's so I mean you know uh there's sort of this fallacy I think or I felt like this because I built I built my other business you know I had that for 18 years I built it by word of mouth yeah I would literally just walk into you know in the beginning I'd walk onto construction sites yeah just give them a card and say I, I do construction cleaning, you know and uh being my charming self you know and um and you know starting this business and especially digitally, like I had no clue what it was going to take, you know, and, you know, everybody makes it seem so easy, like, oh, well, you just put it out there and everybody in the interwebs is going to see your stuff. And it's not exactly that way. <laughs> no, it's <laughs> so. not quite as easy as turning up and dumping your business card. But I, yeah, I, um, yeah. Uh, I, well, yes, we know that it's not as easy as it looks, but, but, you know, but it is possible. It is very possible. Yeah. So it's been a huge learning curve for me because mm. most of my other businesses that I've had have not been digital. It's, mm. They've not, there's not been a need. Mm. Um, and this certainly is. And there's a, there's a real learning curve here. Um, you know, because people are in resistance to working on themselves, you know, they think well, it's going to be there's hard. That meme that's around. There's that meme that's traveling around, isn't there? Where you know, you've got the two doors and you've got this queue of people for drugs and the other one is personal development. There's no one standing there, you know, they can get drugs for it. All, all <laughs> well, I mean, speaking of which, I mean, we do all these things all the time just to not, to not deal with the thing. And I think people don't recognize that if you don't heal and grow from the experiences you're having, you know, like stress or anxiety or overwhelm or depression or whatever it is, it's just going to keep coming. And I'm not meaning to be doom and gloom. It's, it's just, it's not a one and done. It's not like this thing is making me stressed out. It's like you are stressed out and these other things are actually happening, but it's you that's stressing, not the thing. Well, the thing that comes through from all these conversations I have is that the universe sends you something, a warning or something, and then it sends you something else. And then it sends you something else. And then eventually the four by two arrives and you get whacked in the head with it. Like, (laughs) wake up. (laughs) Yeah, totally. And that will be, yeah, all kinds of things. will be either the illness the you know the loss mm-hmm. of something there's something there's something there's something and you make the make your own list of crises that hit people and it's the crisis yeah. that make people go i've got to change i've got to do something different yeah you know i mean i guess it's set up that way i try to tell people that you know you don't have to go into crisis in order to develop but <laughs> it's more meaningful when you do <laughs> so look I mean, I mean, I've enjoyed, I've enjoyed the journey. I've enjoyed the journey and I got a bit geeked out on it. So, and, I, and I've kind of gone off my questions. <laughs> so I better get back onto my questions. <laughs> so what does success mean to you? Because clearly you've had, you've had a journey. You, I mean, success in the cleaning company was get things done. Yeah. What does it, what does it mean to you now? To me now, it means, um, you know, if I can experience most of my day in the present moment and really be available to the people in my life, whether it be my clients or my um, significant other or my family or friends, 
that success to me. If I can go out in nature at least once each day and really see nature, you know, really be where I'm at, that's really where joy is, is in this moment now, you know, and mm-hmm. being on, you know, just even being able to share not only my story, because I hope that it resonates with people, but also, you know, being able to, um, you know, impart some things to think about and other ways to look at things mm-hmm. is it's super meaningful to me. And I know that's why I'm here. And so every opportunity like this to be able to share what I know is the truth um, with as many people as can hear it, um, that's, that's success. You know, uh, the monetary stuff that comes with all the things that comes with putting energy in directions and And I'm really kind of after this like sufficiency thing now where it's just like, you know, enjoying what you have versus trying to keep up with somebody else or something else or um, some strange ideal that's set, you know, by society or whatever. Um, And that's taken me a long time to understand. I do. But it's it's fascinating to hear your success model and how you've how you've you know, kind of come to that now and it, and um, I, and I guess that's just just it just goes to show the journey you've been on that's where you've kind of how that's, how that's developed. Well, I have to say, you know, in my in the past, for the first <clears throat> having my you know having my business be successful and you know having the monetary piece and owning houses and cars and all the things. Um, and, you know, setting huge goals and crushing them all the time and just being so like driven, um, I was totally miserable. And I know now why, because that you can't win at that game. You know, there's no, there's never going to be enough money. There's never going to be a nice enough car. There's never going to be, you know, a big enough house. Um, there's never going to be enough stuff. And so, you know, I love abundance in all ways and recognizing that that's not what's going to move the needle in terms of enjoying your life. Mm. Those are, you know, they're amenities and they're nice. I like them too. Um, And in terms of the overall feel of my life, that's more about how do I feel internally? And, and now that I've learned how to, to cultivate that daily, it's, I don't, I don't even really know. It's like ineffable. It's like difficult to describe what it's like to see the people in my life in a deep, meaningful way on a regular basis to take time to really listen to what's going on with them and look them in the eye. And that's everybody, not just the people that I love and care about, but the grocery store clerk and, you know, anybody that I run into, like having wonderful exchanges with people is, you know, that's the stuff. I don't think we're on our deathbed, you know, going like, I wish I'd worked more. No, <laughs> I wish I had that's very more true. I wish I'd spent more time at the office. Yeah, I know. I don't think anyone <laughs> ever says that one, do they really? So what do you see as your contribution to yourself and the world? Ooh, that's a very good question. My contribution to myself, and I think this is also the contribution to the world, um, is recognizing that healing and growth is a lifelong journey and um, being on that path, recognizing how to navigate it in a way that is um, meaningful, 
also attributes to the people that were, you know, can be a tribute to the people that were involved in some of those challenges. Um, recognizing that um, when I come fully myself authentically in this world, that that matters, that I have value just because I exist. I need mm. not do anything, you know, to create that. I don't need a certificate to say that I matter or a, you know, trophy or any of those things. And that goes for everybody. And, you know, I have that conversation a lot with clients. It's like, do you know that you have value just because you exist? You don't have to do anything to have that. And, and most people don't know that. In fact, a lot of times when I tell my clients that they start to tear up because nobody's ever told them that it's okay for them to just be, they don't have to do something to have that value. And that's because uh, the success model is planted early in our kids and mm -hmm. it's all down to career. You've got to have a career. You've got to have a label. You've got to have something that proves who you are in the world. Whereas. Yeah. And my son did this and that and was excelled mm. at that. And, you know, all those things. And, and there's nothing wrong. Those lovely, wonderful. I'm glad that they did that. And, um, and you need do nothing. Literally. Well, the, but that's the point. We, we are given these badges. We wear these labels as a badge and that's the, and it's very hard to get off it. It's very hard to, and, and, I, and I struggle with it even now, you know, so what do you do? Mm. Where do I <laughs> well, can Where, Which bit of my life do you want to talk about? Because <laughs> I'm a good father. Oh, and, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> it doesn't pay me anything, but I'm a good father. <laughs> Well, you can imagine when people ask me what I do, I'm like, I teach people how to find and cultivate their joy. <laughs> people sometimes like, you know, look at me and go, I'm sorry, what? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm pleased that you that's do. not I'm a value. You do, you know? I think it's a huge value. <laughs> so this question here, I, I love this question because it, because it morphs, but it, it morphs. So, so I, I can ask it in various ways, but the question is, I want to ask it in you. What's the one question you like people to ask you? The, the question that came to mind when you asked me that was, um, is it possible to live my life without having, you know, low level experiences like anxiety? Because sometimes I think people, you know, they have anxiety in their life or they have a lot of stress or overwhelm or depression or whatever. And um, they think that that's kind of their lot in life and that there's no way out. And I, somebody asked me actually that question on a podcast, like, is it possible to not have anxiety? And I was like, um, yeah, <laughs> is, yes, that is actually a possibility. And it doesn't have to be done through drugs. I'm not saying that, you know, drugs can be a help um, if you're going to do the work. But if they're just the Band-Aid to not feel the things, then I'm not a I think, huge I see, proponent. I, see, I'd have a caveat around that. See, I, I think, yes, it's possible. But I also think there has to be opposition in life. Otherwise, it all gets very boring. So I think it's about <laughs> for sure. <laughs> I think it depends on how how invested you are in that problem. And I think what your point is that people who who have that level of anxiety and depression become invested in it in some way. Oh yeah, it it becomes a badge of honor. And that, yeah, and it that, becomes and that, a go-to. And that experience, is yeah. and that is shit. When you're there, that's nasty. <laughs> that's not a nice yeah. place to be. But it's yes. when you can when you can actually go. This is shit. 
but there has to be a solution. It's when you can, when you've got that bit of confidence that you know you can get out of it. I think that's to me that's that that's where it works. Is is that where you're coming from, or somewhere else? Am I talking am I talking rubbish? <laughs> I talk rubbish. It's fine. I talk rubbish. <laughs> no, you're not talking rubbish. Um, and that's, and that's who I hope to be as sort of that beacon of light. Like, you know, it, it doesn't have, you don't have, it's not just something that you're afflicted with yeah. and you can't get out of it. Like you yeah. can, you know, and you don't have to do it through drugs. You can do it through drugs as well. But if you're using the drugs to not feel the stuff, then it's not going to go away. And I'm not trying to diss anybody on this. I know it's hard. If you are in that place, I know a few people are in that place because that's, they've got that problem. They, they do have to take drugs. I know some people with, with bipolar and all sorts of things. And there are some people who are in that place and they have no choice but to take drugs. But there are also other people that, as I, as I say, they end up there and there, there is a way out, but they've got to be prepared. Well, hang on a minute. I guess they've got to do the work, haven't they? That's the point. That's what yeah. I mean, I think that's why we're here. Honestly, like I, we are here for, to develop ourselves, yeah, to yeah, yeah. learn and heal from yeah. these challenges that we had. They're specific mm-hmm. to us. These challenges that we had, the childhood that we grew up in, the experiences that we've had, those are all very specific to us. As people have said on this growth. podcast many, many times, life happens for you, not to you. Exactly. And that's a hard one to cut to, and that's a hard one to stomach if you've had some real nasty stuff going on. Like that is really hard to put, to, you know, to to hold and and be aware of. But well, as I said before, though, you know, we have this story. We do associate ourselves with it. In fact, to a huge degree. Um, but it's less important what the story is and the things that are in it. And you know, not to agitate people, but. You know, I know that some people, you know, they are so associated with the story that that's all they think they are. The reality is, is the biggest piece of that story is what you decided about yourself from that story, because that's where the healing and growth is. You know, there is no, yes, there have been some super traumatic, uh, you know, experiences that people have had. And, um, you know, when you go through a recovery program of some sort in a clinic or whatever, you know, they don't, you're not allowed to, you know, mine is worse than yours or yours is worse than mine kind of a thing, because it, it actually doesn't matter. I mean, again, I don't mean to, to agitate people, but the reality is, is we're here to heal and grow. And that story as awful as it may be, is not, it's not who you are. It's just something that happened to you. And when you can discover that peace that you are not that story, that you are not the thoughts and the emotions that are attached to that story. The essence of who you are is deeper, bigger, all loving, all kind, all knowing. Uh, Then you can move on from the story. But until you understand that, it's really hard because it's awful. (laughs) Do you have any like simple tool tip or something that people can start with where does someone start with this kind of work how does someone so i always start with yeah so i you know where i found my joy was in that visualization that i learned um interestingly enough had you asked me before that honestly if you'd asked me if i was happy before that i would have said um fleetingly but i couldn't point to it i remember having a jar in my home 
um, where I thought, well, every time we have a good memory, I'm going to tear off a piece of paper and put it in the jar. And then at the end of the year, we can look at all the things. I literally like six months in had like two or three things in there. That's craziness. And I still was just like, how come I can't figure out what is happiness? How come I can't figure out what feels good? Um, And it's because we're just lost in thought all the time. We're in fantasy land. We're not in this moment here. In this moment here, everything is beautiful and taken care of. In every other moment, past or future, not so much. And so, you know, for me, uh, the place to start is to write that story out, the story of your life, not, not every detail, right? But the highlights, you know, bullet pointed out so that you can see where you were and what might be affecting like the decisions you're making and things like that. Then you, and it has to be written, not typed. And then you read it to yourself and you're like, oh, this is that story. Interesting. Because now it becomes from up here onto matter. It's on paper. It exists. Then you hear it, um, which is another way to experience it. And then you get rid of it. You burn it. You tear it up. You throw it away, whatever. And then you create the day in the life of all the things you ever wanted. And that's with all the feels, sight, sound, smell, taste, taste, touch, you know, all the things, right? Uh, Moment one, waking up to going to sleep at night, and it has everybody and everything in it that you ever wanted. And why you do that is so that you can have an elevated emotional experience. And that elevated emotional experience lives in your body. And so when things start to go south during your day, you can go back to it. Because, you know, our brain would like us to do all the same things every single day, all day long you know, get up, go to the bathroom, brush your teeth, make coffee, do, you know, all those things. And if you want to create a new life, one that has meaning and purpose, you've got to elevate the emotional experience. And the reason that that works is because we only want all the things. And in that, you know, in that day in the life, it's all the things, you know, the car, the house, the spouse, the everything, the relationships, the things, the, all the things. And it's because we want all those things because of how we think we're going to feel when we have them. So why not experience that now? Because those things are not going to make you feel those ways. But if you can use that to create the elevated emotional experience and you start your day in that visualization, like what a, what a fantastic way to start the day, right? I'm going to give that a try, that one, I think. <laughs> and I have a pretty charmed life as it is. I have a wonderful life because I've created it. But, yeah, but it sounds like yeah. a nice idea. I, I call that the perfect day experiment. And I've actually done a podcast on perfect day some months ago. So, I, I, you know. Oh, nice. So, yeah. I, that's yeah, lovely. I mean, you're, this is like you're in that visualization. <clears throat> like like it's, the, it's you in the picture, not you as the camera. And I mean, like I, when I first started doing it, I had some issues with kind of like quieting my mind and getting into the moment. But what I ended up doing was physically moving my body. Like I would go, yes, that's happening. Yes. That thing just happened. And oh my gosh, that, you know, because if it's a day in the life of everything you wanted, you would be that engaged, you know? And so I started to get like tears of joy streaming down my face, just imagining what it would be like to have all these things, right? And that's the space that you can, your body will remember because it always remembers. 
and you go back to it often. I mean, it's so true. This, you, you, if you want to be happy, you got to be happy first. Because there's someone, someone I was pointing out to me. If you, if you want to be, if you, if you're sad and miserable now, and you want to be wealthy, you'll just be wealthy and sad and miserable because it ain't going to change anything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Look, Erin, how can people connect with you if they need to? Because I think you know, you've got some wonderful program there. And I think it would be wonderful for people to experience it with you. What's the process? What can they do with you? <clears throat> I think the best way to get me is on Instagram. Um, mm-hmm. I have uh, my handle is Erin, E-R-I-N-M-A-C-L-L-C. And, um, you know, I post like a video about a video a week with, you know, some content and some strategies and some things to think about um just you know daily musings that sort of thing (laughs) and um and I post you know positive inspirational memes on my stories and you can get my url on there as well if anyone would like to book a free what I call um uh first step to joy conversation it's not a sales call it's just how can I be of service to you and your listeners um that is available on my website as Wonderful. well. And your website is? Erin-MAC.com. Okay, lovely. Well, those links will be available at the podcast, at the podcast website, lifepassionandbusiness.com. You'll be able to find those links there, including some notes about that exercise. We'll just write that exercise up so you can find that exercise nice. there. So it'd be wonderful if people connect with Erin because I think you're going to have a lot of fun if you do. You're certainly going to experience some joy as I have in this conversation <laughs> thank you so much so Aaron, the last question i ask all of my guests which is that big question is what's the meaning of life for you i believe the meaning of life is that we are here to grow as humans and um and i believe it's our birthright to be predominantly experiencing joy in our life all day every day um, is that every moment of every day? Of course not. Things happen and we, you know, have, we go back to other ways of being, but um, yeah, I know it's possible because that's the life that I live. And if you're not experiencing that, then please keep searching. There is somebody out there, something out there, a book, a course, uh, something, a coach or whatever for you. And that's my intent is that everybody recognize that they can experience this um, joy in their life now. That sounds perfect to me. Thank you. Erin, thank thank you you so much for your time. It's been wonderful to be with you and um, all the best. Thank you so much. These conversations are amazing and they're they're important and um, people need to hear this. So thanks for having a platform for all of us uh, crazies to talk about our crazy ideas. <laughs> it genuinely is my pleasure to do it. This is definitely my joy. Thank you. And that was Life, Passion and Business with Paul Harvey and my guest, Erin McCullough. If you would like to connect with Erin, you can find her at erin-mac.com. She's also on LinkedIn, Erin Mac. And also find her on Instagram, Erin Mac LLC. As always, you will find all those links at the website lifepassionandbusiness.com. So tell me, having listened to this podcast, have you considered exploring the five questions for yourself? It is a powerful exercise to do on your own or with support. Check out the coaching resources tab at the website for tools to support you on that journey. That's it for this week. As I say, 
Every week, if you're enjoying this podcast, if you're enjoying any podcast, please support your content creators with likes, shares or reviews because it helps support this ecosystem and it helps people like yourself find good podcasts. That's it from me. Thank you as always for your time and attention. I'll catch you next time. All the best.